The following presentation from simpletonpodcasts.com features heightened terror, macabre verbosity, and a paranormastic intensity. Those of a melancholic disposition are advised to exercise vigorous prudence. My name is Dale E. Richardson, and I've seen things you wouldn't believe. My life's work has taken me to all corners of the globe. I've had face-to-face experience with UFOs, aliens, creatures of legend, and have performed countless exorcisms, both with and without Vatican approval. I am here to tell you such phenomena exist in our time and should be treated with discernment and veracity on behalf of humankind. There is one man whose sole purpose is to investigate the vortex between the natural and supernatural. There is one. It's me, Dale E. Richardson. such paranormicity? Or is the truth more amazing than most would dare to consider? A cryptoid is a beast or plant whose existence is not officially accepted by the so-called scientific community due to what the geeks, softcocks and bureaucrats consider a total lack of solid evidence. Cryptozoology, the field which attempts to find out what is real, and what is Bulldump has focused on many such creatures of legend. Some of the better known examples include the Chapa Chappas of Latin America, the North American Bigfoot, the giggling rubber duck of Northern Japan, and of course, the Yowie of Australia. Yeah, hi. But the mighty Yowie is not the only Australian cryptid that torments the simple-minded peasant folk of this dark and ancient land. There is another beast that has been seen by less than almost more than 200 eyewitnesses over the past 150 years. The hunting ground prowled by this hellish nightmare is the notorious Lodadurg State Park in the savage wastelands of south-central Victoria. The first recorded sighting of the Lurdenberg Slothman occurred back in 1854. Amateur wife beater, professional pyromaniac turned gold prospector Benedict Paddles was leading a forward expedition to Ballarat for the Melbourne Gold Mining Company. The party of 20 well-groomed men with horses and carts in tow stopped in Werribee Valley near Bacchus Marsh on the night of May 17th. 
They set up a camp near a small stream. And what you are about to hear is the word-for-word entry that Mr. Paddles wrote in his journal. That chilling, moonlit night. After setting up camp, I took my men to the creek just before dusk to freshen up, shampoo, condition, and so on. The men frolicked gaily in the cool waters. When we arrived back at camp, we saw that someone had been maliciously rooting all over our campsite. Our rations wagon had been pillaged. Most of our foodstuffs, some half-eaten, were lying around in what can only be described as a singularly uncivilized fashion. Our rum supply had been utterly violated. It had not only been opened, but the top of the barrel had been pried open and thrown on its side, much of the rum wasted on the ground. Fortunately, a spit roast courtesy of Clive was awaiting us later in the evening. Our initial suspicions were that one of the Welshmen in our expedition had slunk back and gorged himself as we exfoliated in the creek. However, what I would see later that night, as I headed into the scrub to moisturize, made it decisively clear as to the queer nature of the guilty party. As I headed back to camp to apply a cucumber pack, I was disturbed by an ungodly noise, a deep guttural groan not of this world. Upon further investigation, I was confronted with a most arresting sight. A large furry sloth-like creature, some eight feet in height, was huddled over under a large eucalyptus tree, seemingly in the process of retching. Becoming aware of my presence, the big blighter stared blankly at me for a few seconds, then turned around and walked face first into a tree. Upon doing so, it released a most unsettling howl and slowly waddled into the bush. I have no doubt that this fiendish apparition was assuredly what had gorged itself on our provisions. We apologized to the Welshman for flogging him. The next day the expedition returned to Melbourne. Paddles was now a man possessed. Convinced of what he had seen that night, he talked openly on the subject with friends and family vowing to return to the park to gather evidence of what he now called The Lerderdurg Slothman. A mere three weeks after his initial sighting, he headed back alone. They was well equipped with eight bottles of rum, 15 kilograms of skincare product, and a .9 caliber revolver. He was never seen again. However, Near his campsite, the words Sloth Man was ear were found carved into the trunk of a tree. Ominously, a single empty rum bottle, three empty shells and a pile of vomit were scattered about the immediate vicinity. Mysteriously, the other seven bottles were never found. It brings to mind the journals of 19th century paranormal scholar Brigadier Dr. Saharandal, of His Majesty's 33rd Mounted Grenadiers, mystic, poet, and first order philanderer. In the year of our Lord, 1834, I found myself leading the regiment through the godless jungles of Indochina. His Majesty had heard tell of nubile oriental maidens with gargantuan bosoms made of pure gold, and I had been tasked with acquiring a number of these for purposes to which I was not made privy. Alas, though, though we never encountered such beauties, we did encounter some kind of humanical creature of a nightmarish and perverted form. 
covered in hair, human-like, yet not human. In much the same manner as an Irishman. One night, our lager was beset by a number of these devils. Upon daybreak, not a single drop of whiskey remained in the camp. We tracked the creatures through the jungle and came to a crude village consisting of some three dozen of these humanitroid monsters, including what appeared to be females and children. Upon establishing a perimeter with the Indians to the north and the Montesian contingent to the west, I ordered the Gatling to open fire on the Hellspawn. I then led the first company on a charge and personally slew three of the beasts with my saber. I fashioned the head of one of the children into a fetching tea cozy for my beloved. Alas, none of the whiskey was recovered. But Benedict Paddles would not be the last person to disappear without a trace in the Little Dirt State Park nor to report a sighting of a bizarre creature now known as the Lerderderg Slothman. Since that infamous night, between up to half a dozen to six people have disappeared in the Lerderderg State Park. Yet, the white-coated hacks in the so-called scientific community refuse to acknowledge the beast's existence. One of the latest sightings was by Proctor Bennett, who was camping in the park in late 2009 with his wife, Peggy. Peggy and I work in real estate six days a week. Bennett Real Estate, we totally give a shit about your real estate needs. So the opportunity to get a bit of time off in the great outdoors is a blessed relief from the rough and tumble of Werribee's cutthroat rental market. We'd been in the park for two nights without incident apart from the coitus that had become an integral part of our sojourns into the wilderness. However, on our third night, well, I wanted to surprise Peggy and I had laid out a picnic. It was the works. There were two types of craft cheese slices, some don salami, celery sticks, pink wine, samboy chips and of course saladas. Pegsy had been gone longer than planned and I started to worry, so I went out to look for her. I eventually found her sitting on a rock near a small river looking at the sunset. It turns out that she had just taken a conference call about a property that had just been designated as racist. We wandered back to our campsite, and that's when we saw it. A big furry creature, which looked like a half-ape, half-sloth, was on its knees on the picnic rug, stuffing itself with the food which I had laid out upon the mat. With one hand, it crammed saladas into its maw, whilst holding the bottle of pink in its other. I tried to scream, but it just came out as a high-pitched squeak. In response, the beast looked me straight in the eyes, raised the bottle to its mouth, and took a swig. Holding my gaze, it casually kicked over the picnic basket. It then stuffed the rest of the saladas into its mouth before dropping everything and heading off into the bush. Seconds later, it returned and picked up the salami in one paw and a bunch of cheese in the other. It looked at me blankly as it disappeared once more into the bush, noisily smacking its lips as it chewed. I'll never forget the way it stumbled on a protruding root and the distressed moan it bellowed. I'm absolutely sure that what I saw was not human. Several people over the years have claimed to have photographed or filmed the sloth man. Most of the images, however, were later revealed as fakes, and even those that weren't, we're far from conclusive. 
Perhaps the most famous footage was shot back in 1981 by bushwalker Harry Gorman. Gorman and his wife, Betty, were a part of a nature club that had travelled by bus to the Lutterdirk State Park from Altona early on August 15th, a Saturday, the same day that the South Melbourne Swans were defeated by 53 points by Geelong at Lake Oval. Gorman was the rostered cameraman for the day. The day had passed by with that event, bar an unexpected shootout with fundamentalist Wickens. The dozen-strong group had finished a picnic dinner and were heading back to the bus. Then, at a distance of about 30 metres, they saw it. Holy shit! Do you see that? What is that? Holy shit! A black furry man-shaped Pelosa-type creature is seen on the film calmly standing in the doorway of the bus. One hand resting in the doorway, the other casually feeding a toffee apple into its gullet. Gorman pointed his camera at the bus and caught the mysterious figure on tape for the better part of two seconds before the creature dropped the half-eaten apple on the ground and casually strolled around the front of the bus, disappearing into the bush. It is at this point the video footage ends. After composing themselves, the bushwalkers tentatively boarded the bus. What they saw was devastating. Beer cans had been bitten into, sprayed around the bus and ultimately sucked empty, while half-eaten fruits and snacks lay scattered all over the back half of the vehicle, including, tragically, an entire box of wine gums, which are no longer available in retail outlets. Several packs of cigarettes were also reported missing. To this day, the legendary footage continues to divide, with true believers insisting that it proves beyond a doubt the existence of the Lederberg Sloth Man, and skeptics labelling it as a nothing more than an elaborate hoax by a bunch of, quote, lying pricks, unquote. Not all the evidence over the years has been photographic. In August of 1992, amateur paranormal investigator David Peugeot made a plaster cast of a mysteriously half-eaten Snickers bar he claims he came across near a walking trail deep within Lerderdurk State Park. The cast, now on display at the Bacchus Marsh Historical Society, is another piece of evidence often cited by the true believers. With this in mind, I met Professor Parsons Horsburgh of the Mirable Skeptic Society to ask him specifically if the plaster cast provides definitive proof of the existence of the Lederberg Sloth Man. This was his response. No. The most recent sighting of the creature was in June 2012. A pair of bird watchers, who wish to remain anonymous, have spent the morning in Lederberg Gorge in search of the sulphur-crested cockatoo. They would have no luck, though they did manage to see several white-throated tree creepers, a small bunyip and a swamp wallaby. However, as they made their way to a picnic area at Mackenzie's flat, they saw something that simply defied logic. Holy shit! Oh my Do you God. see that? What? Oh. According to the pair, shit. a large hairy sloth-like humanoid in the middle of a small clearing was urinating abundantly in a classic male urinary position. Holy 
cave, startled by the pair about 20 metres away. The creature loudly fluctuated before letting out a guttural growl. The creature then headed for a nearby tree line and disappeared into the bush at a pace the bird watchers described as ambling. All of the sightings, all of the evidence, all of the testimony can't be wrong. It was time to prove once and for all the existence of the Lerderdurg Slothman. I decided it was time to head out into the Lerderdurg State Park myself and see what I could find. But first, I would need some intel. I decided to interview a local park ranger, Paul Spastique. Ranger Spastique, thank you for your time. No worries, mate. What's your take on the sloth man? <laughs> well, we've seen here a lot of weird stuff out here. So you've seen the sloth man? Nah, mate, I'm just saying that... Uh... You're just saying what? Why are you being so evasive? These are very straightforward questions. Just give us some straight answers. What else is out there? What are you hiding? Well, mate... It's the bush, so of course you hear a lot of weird sounds, but it's all perfect. Let me natural. guess, this is a perfect, perfectly natural explanation. We've heard it all before. Have you even heard of the internet? Oh, you're one of them. You make me sick. Easy, mate. I'm just trying to uh, help Just forming orders, huh? <laughs> I've heard that before. Mate, I'm getting a little bit sick of this. Back you off! Know, Back things. off! Keep your distance. Okay, Keep your mate, distance. Don't Here's shoot. Here's where I can see them. Okay, don't shoot! Don't shoot! Shaking off dark memories of a previous run-in with government agents full of ill intent, I arrived early in the evening and set up camp on the edge of Shores Lake, location of several previous sightings. The green scrub had little in common with the Nevada desert, but the sense of expectation tinged with fear was just the same. Given that I would only stay only the one night, I would have to take a proactive approach in my endeavours to encounter the beast. I would leave an array of tasty snacks and refreshing beverages around my tent with a hidden infrared camera filming the site without pause. Meanwhile, drenched in Melbourne bitter with wine gums and chocolate bars taped to my body, I would undertake part of the trail from O'Brien's Crossing to Mackenzie's flat, an infrared head cam also rolling without pause. It was a radiant, moonlit night just as it had been a century and a half ago when Benedict Paddles became the first person to make an official sighting of the Lerderdurg Slothman. Aware that looking for the Slothman or Slothmen was akin to looking for a needle in the proverbial haystack or finding genuine talent in an episode of Glee, I attempted to gain a lock with my undisputed gift of extrasensory perception. I pictured the sloth man in my mind. Will I come across the infamous Lerderdurg sloth man? What would I do if I did? On an official level, the existence of the creature was merely hypothetical, but on a deeper plane, the plane of Dale E. Richardson, it was not. All that was left now was to confirm that which, for over 150 years, had been waiting to be confirmed. Or, to put it more simply, to confirm what, for over 150 years, 
had been waiting to be confirmed. As the forest's darkness grew to match the darkness of my tortured soul, I began to wonder about how such a creature could originate, let alone continue to exist. Was the creature seen by the bird watchers in June 2012 literally the same creature seen by Benedict Paddles back in 1854? From an anthropological point of view, some have speculated that it could be a relic population of the long extinct Scrotus Gigantus. The Sloth Man, indeed, is poorly named, given the obvious requirement that a Sloth Woman also be present to continue the species. Just how many of them have there been out there? How many are there now? And why has not a single body turned up in all these years? I eventually headed back to camp and found that nothing had been disturbed. There was nothing for me to do now other than to retire to my tent. After a restful five-hour slumber, I rose and quickly observed my campsite and surrounding area. Nothing had been interfered with. Where are you, Sothman? Just, just, where are you? After a final stroll around the immediate area, I packed up my gear and headed back to the Tarago. But as I loaded up, I had a distinct feeling that I was being watched. Then, through the trees, I heard it. That unmistakable guttural growl followed by a long bout of uninterrupted flatulence. <coughs> While it clearly did not want to be seen, it wanted very much to let me know it was there. I found a connection with the beast. We were at one in that moment. We were brothers. So, I emptied five rounds of .223 in the direction of the noise. But when I searched the bush, I found no bodies or bloodstains. As I drove away from the Lauderdale State Park, I pondered the attitude of science and its cacophony of nutty professors towards a creature such as the Sloth Man. Does it really not exist until indisputable proof is presented to this effect? As far as Dale E. Richardson is concerned, the burden of proof is as much on one side as it is on the other. All those years ago, back in 1854, Benedict Paddles carved three words into the trunk of the tree before he vanished into thin air. Those words were, Sloth Man was ear. Until someone could prove that it wasn't, and never did, it most assuredly does. Until next time, listeners, remember, trust no one, and sleep well, if you can.